also I'm really heavily susceptible to just the energy in the room, the people I'm around. Music that I'm making on any given day is a little bit of a reflection of me and what's going on in my head and my heart and a lot of reflection of what's just going on around me, the people who I'm spending time with and the spirit in the room, all that stuff weaves its way into my mood and then, of course, from there, it will affect all the music that we're making because really that's what music is, is just a reflection of how we're feeling. DA Music, this is Falconry tuning in. Drew DeCaro, also known as Falconry, is Grammy-nominated songwriter, producer, and world-class performer based in Los Angeles, California. Like many, he had a musical epiphany when he was a young boy. The first thing that I can remember is a song called, um, it's by Herbie Hancock, it's called Rocket, and uh, it had this music video, and I remember like MTV and I remember that music video and I remember the beat of Rocket. At the time I didn't know why it felt um, interesting but in retrospect now thinking back on it Herbie Hancock is like this really sophisticated jazz musician you know he came up through Miles Davis and um, has written some of the most like haunting beautiful complex music of our time but with this album collection, um, it was like the mid, what is it? Maybe it was like the late 80s or something, early 90s, and hip hop was becoming a thing. And so Herbie Hancock just took this super left turn and suddenly had like DJs scratching. It, it might be, the song Rocket might be the first recorded DJ scratch in a pop song or something like that. I don't know if that's true. But um, so he was just super groundbreaking. But then also kind of like what my career has started to become is he was a really educated, um, sophisticated jazz musician, but was really down to just make some pop records that were um, easily listenable and a little bit more for the uh, general audience. So that's something that's hard to come by. Most times when people become specialists in something, they sort of lose the uh, desire to do anything that's not proving how great they are at every second, you know? But really, I mean, when I was 10 years old is when I got my first guitar, and ever since then, it's just felt like a straight line to right here. From that first video, he grew more passionate. Falconry spent most of his teenage years being in different bands. Band culture was the thing uh, in Baltimore, Maryland, where I'm from. For sure, all of the uh, practice that I was doing with the guitar and all of just my whole experience with it was about being in a band and being like the bands that were our favorite bands and going out and playing shows. And that was like all I cared about when I was a teenager in Baltimore. His love for music continued as he grew older. He eventually found himself moving to LA, but at first, the reason was not because of music. An obvious answer would be that the industry is here and stuff, but I don't even think I was thinking that 
lucidly when it happened. I was like 19. I had just broken up with my first long-time uh, girlfriend, long-term girlfriend, and uh, I was all shredded up about it. And I just needed to get away. So uh, L.A. seemed as cool a place as any. A year before I had been out there uh, visiting my homie Ben Ricciardi, who's now a really successful uh, business owner and influencer. And, uh, you know, so a, a year before I kind of just sampled it a little bit and then when I ended up breaking up with my girl and deciding that I could leave my hometown for the first time and not only could I but I needed to then LA just felt like the right place it seemed far enough away that maybe I could um get well and then uh once I got here I realized how important it was that I was here and that this is actually where the business is and here I was surrounded by like-minded people and it's just the best place in the world being in L.A., Falconry made many connections that kick-started his career. I guess there's a couple things that feel like firsts. When I moved to L.A., I started bartending at the Viper Room, which is a kick-ass little rock and roll club. And um, in bartending there, before long, I was playing shows there. And in playing shows there, before long, I was booking and promoting the shows there. And um, really, it was just a job to try to get me to pay the bills and pay my way through school. But it became so much more than that. And I was able to like, you know, basically uh, have full control over one of the coolest clubs on the Sunset Strip. So that feels like a first. But then my first tour experience was with the artist named uh, Chrisette Michelle. And she's like a gospel R&B artist. Um, and she took me on tour and I was totally unprepared but before the tour was over i was just r&b guitar slinger so tons of love to chrisette michelle he has traveled the globe with artists such as snoop dogg jay-z vic mensa and annie Grammer, to name a few while his productions have been lent to artists like lil wayne and the game and most recently to tv shows as empire most notably he worked with r&b singer songwriter and record producer miguel that too actually was my friend Ben Ricciardi, aforementioned, uh, who with whom I came out to LA for the first time. And then a few years later, uh, Ben, who has an eye for talent, uh, was like, Hey, you got to come with me to the Roxy and see this dude, Miguel. He's performing, but he doesn't really have a band behind him, and you guys would be perfect. And so that was in about 2008 or something. And, um, and I went to the show. And Miguel was killing it. He was a little bald head back then. Uh, super fun to watch, of course, already. Uh, none of the albums had come out yet, so all the music was brand new to me. And we kicked it at the Roxy, still one of my favorite venues in the world. And then the next day we were in the studio. And then after that, we just were pretty much in one another's orbit for dang near a decade. Being exposed to all these artists and having experience in every aspect of the music industry, Falconry says the most rewarding thing about it all is. You know what is really cool is being able to set a goal, a dream, an intention as a kid and then still be 
honestly in pursuit of that and still be in touch with that. I think that it's really hard to do, right? As children, the imagination is rocking and the world is yours and just it seems like the potential on high. And then so goes the world that as we grow up, maybe it sort of starts to look a little bit different than how you thought the world was. And that is the case because I'm not the same dude that I was when I was little Drew, but I certainly am still in pursuit of that same feeling that I got when I was 10 years old and I got my first guitar. Uh, That is the energy that guides all of my decisions. So I think that's really rewarding to just still have, be in touch with um, my childhood and like the time of life when anything was possible because I still think anything is possible. He says the most challenging thing is. You know what's a new challenge right now? It's not new, but it's something that I am addressing is uh, for the longest time, versatility was my favorite thing about me. Um, I really love all different kinds of music and styles and um, spent my first couple years in LA acting on that, being in rock bands, playing Warped Tour, uh, being in hip hop projects, you know, doing songs with Snoop, um, being around singer songwriters and doing the acoustic thing and doing the real you know kind of introspective quiet thing um the jazz thing that i was studying in school anyway i love all that and i love to play all that and i think i'm pretty damn convincing at most of it but what i've come to find right now it's something that i think has uh been uh, an unintended outcome of that is that The world and us as consumers, we really dig uh, consistency and we dig and and I I am like that, too. For as much as I like that, I think I'm versatile. I don't necessarily look for versatility in the artists who I love or the art that I love. I really look for um, what is one track mindedness, the type of monastic uh, attention to a singular thing where it's like without it you would cease to exist. And I probably spent my whole young career not really developing that one thing, but developing all of these different things. And what I want to try to do moving forward is um, spend a little more time maybe trimming the fat, maybe having to say no to different things so that I can really develop the singular thing um, for which I am known. And part of that is just because it's good for business, but also part of it is because, like I said, I too love artists who do a thing like it's their oxygen. And so I want to be able to provide that for people who are checking me out. So I don't even really know exactly what that thing is, uh, but stay tuned. With a production style that feels at home on gritty, bluesy indie cuts as it does on alternative rap and rock records, as well as on super modern EDM anthems, Falconry is full on creative energy and edge and eager to make some noise about it. We are lucky to have him on our team. It is totally doable. It's totally doable to 
um, be in pursuit of your dream of your craft and have that also be the thing which it makes you financially stable you have to work really really hard of course and thoughts are things and words have power so how you talk about yourself and how you say uh this is gonna go for me or this isn't gonna go for me i think that there's real world ramifications to uh how you are just treating the journey so i think you want to treat it with all of the affirmation and positivity and the universe will return that to you this has been our damn good podcast Thank you for tuning in. All music played in this episode are songs by the artists themselves. You can check out their music on our artist page at damusiclibrary.com. DA Music is clearance free, and we are always here for your project and production needs. Check us out at damusiclibrary.com.